You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Right, as is usual on a Monday, we've got a view from mainland China, and today we're joined by Ben Cavender, Managing Director of China Market Research Group. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. So let's start with the rumours of support measures for the property market. Given the last set of measures haven't provided the boost the government was hoping for, and they only happened a couple of months ago, what's, what, what are your thoughts on the new measures? Should they actually come in place? Will they actually start working? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for for context here, it's been a a very slow month for real estate sales in China. Um, The government's already taken measures this year to try and prop up spending. They've they've lowered rates a little bit for borrowers and and, tried other methods to get people to purchase. And the reality right now is that the vast majority of consumers in China right now, uh, there's just a lack of clarity about the direction the economy is going in, and they're being very cautious about spending on big-ticket items. And so now the government's talking about maybe going a little bit further, lowering down payments in uh, areas of various cities that maybe have been slower as far as the amount of growth, maybe further lowering the fees that, that real estate agents take on uh, purchase and, and sale of properties. My feeling right now, though, is that um, with consumer perceptions about the market, it's going to be very difficult to turn things around in the short term. I think most consumers we speak with right now um, are not very bullish about the economy and are saying it's going to take more than that, more more sort of signals about job security, more signals about economic growth before they're willing to, to make those kinds of big purchases. Well, we've had weak export numbers. Um, import numbers have been okay. Um so what what does China need to do to start picking up, seeing its economy start picking up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, frankly speaking, uh, the government's in a little bit of a bind right now, uh, mainly because you have a lot of uh, smaller local governments here that are saddled with quite a bit of debt, um, which makes some of the stimulus they might ordinarily consider a little bit more difficult to do. Um, my feeling, though, is that there, there probably are some things they can do that they've, they've sort of been reluctant to do uh, recently as far as stimulus. I think one would be they probably need to do more direct stimulus directly for consumers um, because traditionally what China does is they, they try to get more money into the economy via loans to businesses, which is also important. But it's, that's not really enough right now to get consumers to spend uh, because the job market right now uh, – uh, is a little bit tenuous, especially for younger consumers. So I, I think probably, you know, number one is is more stimulus um, specifically for consumer spending, probably at the city level. That could be spending vouchers, things like that. Um, but I, I think, frankly, the government probably is not going to do that right now. Um, they like the fact that China uh, currently has uh, low interest rates compared to the rest of the world. They're probably worried about inflation coming up too much. Um, so I think probably they'll actually sit and we'll see another quarter of fairly tepid growth or tepid economic activity with the government hoping that the global economy recovers a little bit in the back half of the year and that that, that allows exports to, to maybe strengthen a little bit, and that, that pulls the economy in the right direction. But frankly speaking, I'm probably less bullish than a lot of analysts in terms of how I see this year going. But how much of those exports is down to the fact that companies are actually shifting manufacturing away from China as opposed to it just being global, a weak demand globally? I don't think it's so much that manufacturing is being shifted offshore. I mean, that's definitely a common theme. You know, virtually every company that has 
sourcing from China is saying they're they're looking for Plan B or Plan or Plan D as far as sort of diversifying their supply chain, just because with the, the political situation right now, they they just they, they don't feel they can rely on China to be 100% of their supply chain. But most of that shifting is still fairly small scale, and, and most companies still feel they do have to rely on China to a large degree. So I don't think that's so much the issue. I think really it's the the global economy is still quite weak. Um, earlier in the year, we saw exports doing okay. A lot of that was filling orders that maybe couldn't be filled previously because of supply chain bottlenecks. And now we're just seeing, uh, you know, buying really be more about what the overall global economic outlook is like. And so until that strengthens, I don't think exports are, are going to improve. But I also don't think this is a case of a, a systemic change where uh, manufacturing is really truly leaving China. So, as you said, it's really about stimulating consumption. But when you have quite high unemployment, certainly at the youth level, you're not going to get the consumption coming through there. So how do you start stimulating all of that too and get and start getting the younger people to get jobs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Number one is China is very sort of household driven, sort of broader household driven. So um, if you can get the parents of these young adults to feel more comfortable about the economy, there still is money to spend. But for them, it really goes back to the, the property discussion that, that you brought up. So until people feel that property prices are stable and, and going strong, families are just not dipping into their savings the way they might have previously. So I think number one is, yes, you've got to stabilize the real estate market. Number two, for the younger consumers and the job creation, frankly, it's a real problem. You have something like 11 or 12 million college graduates entering the workforce in China this year, on top of past years of really weak employment for this younger group, um, this is why you see China being so aggressive in trying to win next generation technology, uh, you know, whether it's AI or biotech or, you know, green energy or any of these things, because they need to create those white collar jobs. And the reality right now is that they cannot create jobs fast enough to match the number of graduates entering the workforce. And I think, frankly speaking, over the long term, they can they can manage that transition and that job creation. But in the short term, so you know, this year, next year, it's not realistic for them to be able to do that. So I think the reality is we are going through a transition in China where we're going to see growth, but but you know, slower growth than we saw pre-COVID. And I, I I'm not sure it's realistic for for us to think that we're going to get back to you know five, six, seven percent growth annually. It might be that the new normal really is three or four percent growth. Well, the numbers are much bigger, so if it grows at a slight slow pace, it could still be in a larger number. Um, but yeah, so just going back to your point on the um, job factors, it's kind of interesting because you've got a declining population, um, and yet you're not necessarily seeing these young people get jobs. So where is the mismatch? Is it that people are now working to much later age, uh, longer ages, and that's why you're not having the replacement? Or... I'm I'm just trying to figure out where is it that the the pro and the double-edged sword also is if you start focusing on technology and AI, do they take the jobs away from the young people and is that why they're not getting it? Yeah, I mean I think part of part of the challenge is that you know if if you look at China and what China does well from an innovation standpoint, what it does extremely well is using technology to improve efficiency within business processes. So you see that for logistics delivery services, all these businesses that, that, you know, in the past, you know, still have to some degree very high headcounts, but they're they're finding ways to to strip that headcount out of the business model 
because it's not sustainable to keep paying humans to do um, a lot of these jobs. And I think the, the challenge for employment here is that, you know, if you go back 10 years, every barista at a Starbucks in China had a college degree. Every, every person that acts as sort of a security safety check uh, person for the subway in Shanghai has a college degree. Kids coming out of school now don't want those jobs. So I think the issue is not so much that there there are no jobs available. It's that China is trying to escape the middle income trap and is trying to create more sort of high value, high paying white collar jobs so that people are still seeing wealth creation. Um, and at the same time, uh, people entering the workforce now don't want jobs that they feel are below all of the efforts they've done, all the studies they've done, all the money their family has spent on education. And so I think that's where the that's where the mismatch is and and transitioning away from sort of these these you know transitional blue collar white collar jobs is just very difficult to do and, and that's where the mismatch is all right well we have to wrap up there thank you very much for your time this morning ben that was ben cavender managing director of china market research group